Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, October 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Ukraine's leader is pleading for more air defense systems. The Bank of England says it's getting out of the gilt market at the end of the week. As planned, no extensions. And U.S. banks will start rolling out their latest earnings reports, and things aren't looking too bad. What's challenging for banks is that bank stock investors, in the words of one analyst, they're never a group to enjoy the moment. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky yesterday urged G7 countries to send air defense systems more quickly. He said this at a video conference a day after more Russian missile strikes hit civilians and infrastructure targets in Ukraine. Zelensky said Russia fired more than 100 cruise missiles and launched dozens of drones over the past two days. Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, said the strikes were retaliation for a recent attack on a railway bridge connecting Russian-occupied Crimea and the mainland. The Bank of England yesterday warned of dysfunction in the UK government bond or gilt market, and it intervened for the second straight day, buying up government bonds to prop up prices. It's all part of the central bank's £65 billion plan to steady gilts after the market tanked in reaction to the government's mini-budget. Adam Sampson is our markets news editor. He joins me now with the latest. Hey, Adam. Hey. So, Adam, what's been going on the past few days Is this Bank of England intervention different than the one that we saw a few weeks ago after that bond market sell-off? Yeah, I mean, it's all kind of part of the initial intervention. So on the 28th is when they said, look, we're going to do this 65 billion pound bond buying thing. Since then, they've sort of been basically just tweaking that to try to make it work. And it's just not sticking. It's not really calming the market as much as they'd hoped. And why isn't the plan working? Why are gilt investors still so jittery? Well, I I think people, the biggest issue is that they put a deadline on it. It ends on Friday. And that's really freaked the market out because people are saying pension funds, which have been at the center of this turmoil um, because of these complex derivative strategies that they had in place, don't have enough time basically to fix those strategies. And because of that, there's a fear that these fire sales that prompted the initial intervention on September 28th, are just going to pick up again on Friday. And in fact, you've already seen gilts selling off pretty severely repeatedly over the last couple of days. They sold off quite a bit on Monday. Pretty much everybody is saying the BOE should at least be seriously considering extending the bond purchases past Friday um, if they want to more durably soothe markets. Couldn't they extend the program? And, and, and buy bonds even after the Friday deadline? And, and if they could, uh, would there be any drawbacks? Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly can do. Um, from a technical perspective, there's no reason they can't. The problem that they have is they want to tighten monetary policy because inflation here is 10%. They've been raising interest rates. They were planning on st- um, beginning to sell bonds um, through a program called quantitative tightening. Um, so having to buy bonds like this really, really goes against what their monetary policy stance is. And they've tried to be very, very clear that this is purely a financial stability operation, that this is not a monetary policy thing. And the problem is, if they just have a big open-ended bond buying program, it's going to start looking a whole lot like monetary policy. And that creates a lot of problems for them. 
And it could cause other problems, too. For instance, if they look like they're getting lax on fighting inflation, it could put sterling under more pressure. And sterling's obviously at a terrible time already this year. So to some people, this looks a lot like quantitative easing, which is literally the opposite of what they want to be doing in their fight against inflation. Now, Adam, does this put any more pressure on Prime Minister Liz Truss and Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng to pull back on the most controversial part of their mini-budget, the tax cuts, and uh, the debt the government would have to take on because of the tax cuts. That's really what set off this chain of events here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that that's sort of the key here is the real volatility in the UK government bond market started after the budget on September 23rd. That's when yields really started rising on guilt. It was concerns about whether they were putting the economy on an unsustainable fiscal path. And it has certainly put the government under considerable pressure to at least, if nothing else, explain how they're going to improve the fiscal situation. Um, They said that they will unveil a debt-cutting plan on October 31st, but there's really significant doubts about the extent of the government's ability to really do these really, really big tax cuts and still keep the economy on on a good fiscal path. Adam Sampson is the FT's Markets News Editor. Thanks, Adam. Thanks very much. U.S. banks report third quarter earnings this week. Some of the biggest, including Citi, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Morgan Stanley, released their reports on Friday. The FT's Josh Franklin says analysts are expecting banks to set aside more than $4 billion to cover potential loan losses. That's partly reflecting on just banks making more loans. The more loans you make, the more provisions you have to make. But also it reflects the uncertainty about the economic environment uh, in the next 12, 18 months. Right now, in public comments, banks have been saying that the credit environment is remarkably strong and still is strong um, and remains better than than before the pandemic. But there's lots of expectations that that will eventually normalize, uh, especially as we go into uh, choppier economic waters. Yeah, this week, the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon, warned that the U.S. could be in a recession somewhere between six and nine months from now. We also heard from The International Monetary Fund and the World Bank both offered up really gloomy outlooks. And on top of that, bank stocks collectively, big U.S. bank stocks, are down more than 20% on the year. Is there any good news, potentially, coming out of this most recent quarter? Uh, Well, the good news is that for banks like J.P. Morgan and Bank of America, which make a lot of money from lending, that should look great this quarter. And a lot of analysts are expecting that that some of these banks may, in fact, increase their guidance when it comes to so-called net interest income or, or lending revenue that, that banks make for the year. What's challenging for banks is that bank stock investors, in the words of one analyst I, uh, I was reading from last week, they're never a group to enjoy the moment. And they're always looking at kind of the downside and whether or not things have peaked. And there's a feeling that 2022, certainly when it comes to rising interest rates, really might represent peak earnings for the banks. So there's not a a, a great incentive to to hold bank stocks right now. And that's definitely reflected in the share price. Josh, is there anything that you're keeping an eye on this week? 
Two other points that I'm keeping an eye out for. One is what banks say around managing costs, obviously going into a potential downturn and when deal-making activity has slowed a lot, that does focus the mind about potential job cuts, which is by far the biggest expense that banks have is, is, is the people. And then the other one is in the leveraged lending activities that a lot of these banks do, so helping provide financing for leveraged buyouts and things like that. A lot of the deals that were agreed earlier this year when credit conditions look much better have now soured a little bit, so whether or not banks are going to be nursing any losses from from these deals. Josh Franklin is the FT's U.S. banking editor. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Mark. Before we go, NASA last month launched a mission to smash a spacecraft into an asteroid to try and change its direction. The results are out, and they're even better than expected. It's the first time humans have deliberately changed the path of a celestial object. The hope is that this deflection technology could be used in the future to prevent a cataclysmic asteroid collision with Earth. Yes, kind of like in the movie Armageddon. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.